Good morning, everyone. Welcome to those here in the sanctuary and to those who are joining us online. Let us worship God. We sing the hymn 103, hymn 103, fill your hearts with joy and gladness. call to prayer comes from Psalm 147. How good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Let us pray. God of all times and places, You are greater than we can imagine, and You delight in those who put their trust in Your unfailing love. We gather now in our church or home, and though we may be separated by many miles, we thank you that through the means of modern technology, we are one people, united in our love for you and in our desire to praise you, the one who determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Gracious God, as we come into your presence, Help us in acknowledging our gratitude to you 
to share with you those things we find difficult to think of, but which weigh heavily upon us. A word spoken in haste that has caused hurt and pain. Acts of kindness we never had time for. Things we should have done but did not do. Our failure to set aside time for you. Lord God, your mercy is new every morning. Forgive us all that is wrong in our lives and give us the resolve to begin again and with that the desire to be more like Jesus, the one who went about healing the sick and doing good and who died that we might live. God of all times and places, how good it is to sing praises to you how pleasant and fitting to praise you through Jesus Christ our Lord who unites us as the one people and who taught us when we pray to say our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Kirk Session is very pleased to announce the appointment of Mr. Aaron Coltart as church officer. Ernie, as he's better known, has been deputising for the previous church officer for some months and we're very grateful to Ernie for taking on this important position within the church. We also record our sincere thanks to David Walker for his years of dedicated service as church officer. Sadly, David suffered a stroke last summer and our thoughts and our prayers continue to be with David and indeed Dorothy. A reminder that articles for the spring edition of the parishioner should be submitted by next Sunday. Devotional pieces, photographs, recipes, news from the various organisations of the church would be very welcome. These can be left in the McMichael Chapel or emailed to the address on the intimation sheet. A class for first communicants will begin after Easter. If you would like to become a member of the church or to explore what membership involves, please meet with me following the service today in the McMichael Chapel. That's the room on your left as you go through the door from the church. A series of Bible studies for Lent will begin on Thursday the 15th of February at 7 o'clock here in St. Ninian's Old. There'll be a study in the following five Thursdays and all will be very welcome. We would like to have a choir to lead the praise and sing an anthem on Easter Day. If you enjoy singing and would like to be involved, please meet with Tony our organist following the service two weeks today. 
you'll be very welcome. Volunteers to help at the monthly fellowship tea would also be welcome. If you think you can help, please speak to Jeanette, whose phone number is there. And finally, I notice there's some spaces in the flower calendar. If you would like to gift flowers to the church some Sunday, please do have a look at the calendar. And a big thank you to those who give flowers to the church throughout the year. They not only enhance the sanctuary like these beautiful flowers today, but they're greatly appreciated by those who receive them afterwards. I've got three things with me today. Now, I've got my iPad, I've got my shaver, and I've got a speaker. Now, they all have something in common. Anyone tell me what they have in common? I love seeing the puzzled looks in the faces. <laughs> Tony? Electricity. Electricity, yes. But that wasn't the answer I was looking for. <laughs> but it's connected to that. Elaine? They all need charged, absolutely. Each one of these things has an inbuilt battery, right? And after a while, of course, the battery runs low. And then if you don't recharge, well, none of these are any use at all. And that's why we need electricity. We plug them in and we recharge them. Do you think we need to be recharged? <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> There's no doubting the answer to that, is there? Now, we don't plug ourselves into an electric supply, but there are certain things that we do. If we work or play and do not rest, eventually our own inner batteries will run low and we'll find we're not so able to do the things that we want and need to do. Now, it's encouraging to know that even Jesus could get tired and needed to recharge his batteries as well. I'm going to tell you about one day in the life of Jesus. He had been in the synagogue, and we thought about this last Sunday, and he cured a man who was possessed by an unclean spirit. And elsewhere we're told that whenever Jesus performed a miracle or did a good deed, power went out of him. So if we imagine at the start of that day, his energy level would be up here, and then having healed the man with the unclean spirit, well, I think the energy level would have come down a bit. And then we're told that he went to the home of two of his friends and the mother-in-law of one of his friends was in bed with a fever and Jesus went to her and Jesus touched her and made her well. So I think that energy level would have been down further. But then news of what Jesus had done in that home spread and we're told that after sunset, 
Lots and lots of people came to that home with those who were sick and asked Jesus to heal them. Now, I think by the time that day was over, Jesus would have been exhausted. And here's what he did to recharge his battery. Not only did he go to sleep, but early in the morning before sunrise, he went off to a quiet place on his own, and there he spoke to God. He prayed, and as a result of that, his energy level went right back up, because we're told that when his friends woke, they went to look for Jesus, and when they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you, and Jesus said, come with me, we have work to do. And that day, a new day, Jesus went off to other towns and villages to continue the work God sent him to do. His battery had been recharged. If Jesus needed to recharge his battery, we need to do that as well. And that we do not only by making sure we have a good sleep, not in church, (laughs) but at home, and by spending time each day in prayer with God. And when we do that, we will find our energy level will go back up and we'll be able to do the things we have to do. We're going to sing a hymn, a well-known, a well-loved hymn that tells us about the importance of prayer and the comfort and peace it gives us. Hymn 547. What a friend we have in Jesus.
Good morning. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Were you not told long ago? Have you not perceived, ever since the world was founded, that God sits enthroned on the vaulted roof of the world and its inhabitants appear as grasshoppers? He stretches out the skies like a curtain. He spreads them out like a tent to live in. He reduces the great to naught and makes earthly rulers as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely have they taken root in the ground before he blows on them and they wither. And the whirlwind carries them off like chafe. To whom then will you liken me? Whom set up as my equal, asks the Holy One. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Consider who created these, led out their host one by one, and summoned each by name. Through his great might, his strength and power, not one is missing. Jacob, why do you complain? And you, Israel, why do you say, My lot is hidden from the Lord? My cause goes unheeded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord, the eternal God, creator of earth's furthest bounds, does not grow weary or grow faint. His understanding cannot be fathomed. He gives vigor to the weary, new strength to the exhausted. Young men may grow weary and faint. Even the fittest may stumble and fall. But those who look to the Lord will win new strength. They will soar as on eagles' wings. They will run and not feel faint. March on and not grow weary. On leaving the synagogue, they went straight to the house of Simon and Andrew. And James and John went with them. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. As soon as they told him about her, Jesus went and took hold of her hand and raised her to her feet. The fever left her, and she attended to their needs. That evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. And the whole town was there, gathered at the door. He healed many who suffered from various diseases and drove out many demons. He would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early next morning, he got up and went out. He went away to a remote spot 
and remained there in prayer. But Simon and his companions went in search of him. And when they found him, they said, Everybody is looking for you. He answered, Let us move on to the neighboring towns so that I can proclaim my message there as well. For that is what I came out to do. So he went through the whole of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Thank you very much, Gordon. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Him, 512.
Let us pray. God of life and never-ending hope, we thank you that through Jesus, your Son, we can draw near to you, the one who has done great things and who is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. Lord Jesus, amidst the clamor of the crowds and the many demands made upon you, you would go to a quiet place to pray. Help us, your church, to be still before you. Let us make time to pray, and so may we be refreshed and invigorated for your service in the world. Gracious God, Jesus responded to Simon's concern for his mother-in-law. Bless and support all who care for the elderly and those in residential care. Be with young carers looking after a parent, grandparent or sibling. And sustain those whose only desire is to care for a loved one but for whom, without adequate support, it can be a challenge and exhausting. God of compassion, place your healing hand on those who are hurting and those who are sick. And be with those who mourn, remembering as we do the family and friends of Margaret Watkins, wife of our late treasurer, John. Be to them and all in our thoughts a source of comfort and peace. God of life and never-ending hope, you have given us a vision of a world in which the hungry will be fed, the poor will be lifted high and war shall be no more. Despite so much that would seek to frustrate your purpose, help us, your people, to remember who you are and to call to mind what you have done. And so rather than grow weary, may we in your strength Work for that day when all will be as you want it to be. That day when Christ will be given his rightful place. And that day when the whole earth shall cry glory. This prayer we offer along with the silent prayers of our hearts through the one whose touch brings healing and makes all things new. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We sing the hymn 718, 718, We Cannot Measure How You Heal.
Mark chapter 1, verse 35. In the morning, Jesus got up and went out. He went away to a remote spot and remained there in prayer. Do you ever feel you would like to get away from it all? Away from the cares and demands of everyday life. Away from what seems like an endless list of deadlines. Away from the need, imaginary or real, to satisfy the expectations others have of us. I have days when the thought of getting away from it all is very appealing. But don't worry, today is not one of them. Sometimes we just need some space. Time to be still, to think, to reflect. Time to read a good book or listen to some music. Time to walk along a shore or through the woods. Time, just time, that allows us to recharge our batteries so that we are better equipped to deal with life as it is. Exciting, yet challenging. Exhilarating, yet sometimes exhausting. In today's reading from Mark's Gospel, we get a sense of what a day in the life of Jesus was like. He's pictured as a very busy man with a constant stream of people coming to him with problems to be solved and afflictions to be cured. Last week we thought about the day when Jesus was in the synagogue and healed a man who had an unclean spirit within him. Later that day we find him in the home of Simon and Andrew. I wonder, did Jesus think this would afford him some downtime? Some me time, some time to chill and relax. He might have thought that, but that didn't happen. Simon's mother-in-law was unwell. She had a fever and was in bed. It's not thought that the fever was life-threatening. In all probability, after a few days of rest, she would have recovered and been fine. But what did Jesus do? He went to her bedside, took hold of her hand, and he raised her to her feet. And the fever left her, and before you could say anything, she attended to the needs of those in the house. As someone booted, having been healed, she went on to serve. I find what Jesus did very revealing. From casting out demons and performing miracles that were the talk of the steamy, it came naturally to Jesus 
to go to the sick bed of a woman whose name we do not know and to make her whole again. This suggests to me that as well as being concerned about the big things in the world, such as poverty and conflict and climate change, and so one could go on, as well as being concerned for these things, Jesus is also concerned with the everyday and the ordinary. He is concerned with the daily challenges that confront each one of us. Therefore, not only in the public square, but in the privacy of a humble home, he makes known the love of God. His healing touch knew no bounds. Perhaps you've heard the story about the old violin. Twas battered and scarred in the auctioneer, thought it hardly worth his while to waste his time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bid, good people, he cried, who starts the bidding for me? One dollar? One dollar? Do I hear two? Two dollars, who makes it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three. But no, from the room far back, a grey-bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody, pure and sweet, as sweet as the angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, What now am I bid for this old violin? As he held it aloft with its bow. One thousand, one thousand do I hear too. Two thousand, who makes it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, going. And gone, said he. The audience cheered, but some of them cried, We just don't understand. What changed its worth? Swift came the reply, The touch of the Master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune, All battered and bruised with hardship, is auctioned cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. A mess of potash, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He is going once, he is going twice, he is going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd can never quite understand the worth of a soul. And the change that is wrought by the touch of the Master's hand.
Jesus took Simon's mother-in-law by the hand, and she was made well. An ordinary woman in an ordinary home. My dear friends, no one and nowhere is off limits to Jesus. He has authority and power over all things, and the cry of the human heart and the anguished soul is one he always hears. Isaiah was a wonderful, wonderful prophet. And his writing has inspired generations of God's people. In the passage Gordon read for us earlier, a number of questions are posed by the prophet. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Were you not told long ago that God sits enthroned on the vaulted roof of the world and its inhabitants appear as grasshoppers? And hear this, Jacob, why do you complain? And you, Israel, why do you say, my lot is hidden from the Lord, my cause goes unheeded by my God? What was happening? Jacob and Israel were having a good moan. They're in exile. They're far from home. And such is their plight, they feel abandoned, deserted, let down by God. And they give voice to their innermost thoughts and feelings. Perhaps we can identify with them as we reflect on some of our own experiences in our journey through life. More often than not, we can cope. But if the truth be told, there are times when our experience is such we just do not know where to turn. And in our darkest moments, we wonder, where is God when I need him most? Is he aware of my plight? Has he abandoned me? forsaken me in my hour of need. Can I say this, and it's important that I do, it's okay to feel like that. Indeed, it's not only natural but healthy to ask such questions. But let us consider what Isaiah said in response to the questions posed. Lift your eyes to the heavens. Consider who created these. Laid out their host one by one and summoned each by name. Through his great might, his strength and power, not one is missing. And listen to this, the Lord, the eternal God, creator of earth's furthest bounds, does not weary or grow faint. Those who look to him will win new strength. They will run and not feel faint. 
march on and not grow weary. What is Isaiah saying to us? It is that the same God who created heaven and earth in all their splendor and glory knows each one of us by name. That means he knows all that there is to know about us. He knows the longings of our heart. He knows what it is that concerns us. And such is his love, his strength is available to us, not least at those times when we feel we have no strength of our own. That strength was evident in that humble and ordinary home in Capernaum when Jesus was able to restore to health Simon's mother-in-law. Paul Tourney was a Swiss physician and author. In one article he wrote, My patients often say to me, I admire the patience with which you listen to everything I tell you. Tournier responded, It's not patience at all. It's interest. A miracle to Jesus was not a means of increasing his prestige or status far from it. He helped instinctively because he was supremely interested in all who needed his help. And it is still so today. In the morning, Jesus got up and went out he went away to a remote spot and remained there in prayer. Jesus went to a quiet place, not because he had had enough of the people and their wants and needs. No, he went that he might spend time in prayer to speak to God, to have his batteries recharged, and to be strengthened for the saving work he had been sent to do. What a work it is. A work in which we today are privileged and blessed to share. Glory be to the Father to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end Amen Let us take a moment to reflect on aspects of our own life that might need the healing touch of Jesus
Amen. Our closing hymn is Paraphrase 22, a wonderful paraphrase, hymn 190. Art thou afraid his power shall fail when comes thy evil day? Go in the strength of the Lord and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you 
now and for evermore.